You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 271. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 271. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. I was just thinking how it is probably time to redo our intro. I mean, we it threatened, has been a while. We threatened to do cool. that like yeah. two years ago and then never did it. Never did it. <laughs> hey guys, welcome to the show. As you are probably very well aware, we're going to talk about how to stay positive around negative people today. And mm-hmm. this actually came up from a club member over at in my private Facebook group. So if you aren't familiar, I started a private Facebook group specifically to support podcast listeners. So a way for us to connect beyond just driving in our car, working out, listening to the pod where we could actually talk about perhaps some of the things that are coming up for you. Well, one of the things that I do is I also provide additional trainings every single Thursday on any questions that may have come up from the group. So somebody had said, you know, I'm really struggling with staying positive around negative people and wanted me to just cover it on my Thursday training. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is actually a great podcast topic. I want to do a whole show on that. So Mm -hmm. I love to listen to my people and to give you guys what you're looking for. So if you are interested in sharing a podcast topic or you want to participate in the After Hours community, go over to thejoyjunkie.com slash club, and that will redirect you right over to that Facebook group where we we hang out. And club it up. We, we chat about the the Would You Rather every week, which we're about to, to get into. We talk about biggest takeaways from the pod. Obviously, there's additional trainings and camaraderie, and it's just a really great supportive- Some coupon codes and things like that. Yeah. That's right. And I have an additional podcast vault specifically for- that Facebook group where there's additional freebies and trainings and all sorts Sweet. of stuff. So, so come hang out. Worst thing that would happen is you learn something new. So <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. Pretty good that's odds. Pretty, that's pretty good odds. So how are you doing today, Mr. Smith? You know, today's a busy day, so I'm just muscling through it. Yeah. Getting her done. Getting her done. Yeah, but well, this is the highlight of my day for sure. Oh, I was thinking about that because I've been yeah. missing you and I'm like, oh, oh well, at least I get some podcast time with him tomorrow. Time. Yeah. Well, why don't, why don't we pass the mic to you all for right. a little bit? I know we have this segment that's controversial, but we like to call it the Would You Rather Today. Today's Would You Rather is controversial because people are always trying to test me. Provocative. Yeah. I just like how worked up you get about like, no, you have to decide on one. It's true. It's it's not called a would you rather for nothing. That's right. That's right. Okay. So today's is would you rather moonwalk everywhere you went? Or hammer dance everywhere you went. Oh, okay. They call it the typewriter, remember? Yes. Okay. Remember that with the baggy pants? You don't have to wear the baggy pants, but you do have to hammer dance everywhere you go. Okay. You have some hella cats. No. No. I said hella. (laughs) 
no, okay, so no outfit implications. No outfit it's implications. Ju- okay, so the, the 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 con, the first con that I think of for moonwalking is that you're going backwards. Backwards everywhere you go. So you have, you have to be looking over your shoulder. You're, you're always looking yeah. over your shoulder. Always looking over your shoulder. It's like you're hiding from the mafia. <laughs> In reverse. Okay, so, but with both of them, there's not, like, theme music happening for you. So it's... That would be awesome if it was, but not for this one. So well, you're in the supermarket, no- <laughs> and it's, like, leisurely music, and yeah, you're yeah. just, like, Billy Jean. Is, right. You no. know, you have to have that always in, <laughs> yeah, no. in your head. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Or, or too legit. Too, too legit to quit. <laughs> you know that little thing they used to do, the two, and then the L? Yes. And then they throw the thumb out for the quit <laughs> too legit to quit well so what would you pick uh, i would definitely hammer dance you would what's uh-oh, your oh 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 what's your reasoning it's just a lot more fun it's a great conversation piece but moonwalking seems like you just crick your neck and it, it doesn't seem like it would be like you can look to your sides when you're hammer dancing but you can't really look behind you i know for me it's the directional thing yeah. i would think i would lean more towards hammer except I have troubles with my knees. So I don't know if that squat, uh, like if I could squat it out mm, that often. Like, I Let's just it, say that all things aside, you're able to do both of them regardless. Okay, so neither like, one of them Oh, is, I don't know how to moonwalk. Well, you do now. Now you're, now you're, you're the are, shit at you're it. You're the shit moonwalker and the shit hammer dancer. <laughs> so, or. But, okay, wait. So my question is, if you are doing something that, that calls for like running, do you do hammer or moonwalk extremely fast? Yes. Like, so if you're, yeah, yeah. you know, in a marathon. <laughs> That's right. Oh. That's right. All right. You have to moonwalk the marathon. I think I'm going to, okay, I'm going to pick hammer hammer just because of what you said about my knees wouldn't bother me. I could totally do it because then I would be building ma- major calves. And your, and your knees wouldn't hurt. Or quads. And my knee, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I, okay. But so, your knees wouldn't hurt in moonwalking either. That's true. And it just looks so fucking slick. It is. But it the is. directional thing, like being backwards, I think is what yeah. seals the deal for me. Yeah. Okay, so we want to know what you would rather. We're both in the hammer category. Yeah, we're going to hammer dance it. We talk about this, like I mentioned, every single Monday in the After Hours community over on Facebook. Just go to thejoyjunkie.com slash club. Come hang out with us and talk about what you would rather. Mr. Smith runs a tight ship, so he makes sure <laughs> that there's no loopholes and yeah, he'll call your ass team out. on it. But we... We have a really good time discussing that, and it's a fun way to start the week. Plus, like I said, additional trainings and all of that stuff. Let's talk about how to stay positive around negative people. What do you say? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So number one, this is just about kind of setting yourself up for success as best as possible. And I want you to think about how can you limit your exposure to this person? A lot of times what I hear from people – is that the negative people that they're around are either family or workplace. Mm. Those are usually the two areas where we're around somebody more often or more consistently where we feel the impacts of their negativity. Mm. Definitely can feel this if you are working in a cubicle or a part of a team at work where somebody is constantly negative or your boss or subordinates, that can be really challenging. Or if they're in your immediate domicile, right? Like you you live with them or are in a situation where you connect with them frequently and have to kind of contend with this negative energy. So the first place to look is, are there any ways that I can just limit my exposure to these people? Sure. Are there ways to either eliminate it altogether or simply scale down 
Is there a possibility to work with different team members at work? Or are there even situations where you're hanging out or subjecting yourself to these people when you don't have to? Like, Mm. do you hang out with them for lunch and you actually wouldn't have to go to lunch with them? Are you opting to be on a team that you could choose to be a part of a different team? Are you volunteering for shit and you don't, it is actually causing you more pain because you're like, oh, I'll take care of that. And you know, you're going to have to work with so-and-so who's always, you know, Debbie Downer, Dan oh, Downer. so-and-so. Right. And you really have a tough go. So I really want you to stand back and look at what can you do as far as limiting your exposure. Maybe you're a part of a group or an organization where let's say it's your kid's sports team and somebody on the team is extremely negative all the time. Could you and your partner switch out who takes little so-and-so to (laughs) (laughs) your kid, (laughs) little Johnny. Little so-and-so. I love it. To soccer practice so that you don't have to subject yourself to the team mom or team dad who's always so negative, right? So maybe there's a way in which you and your partner can ally around how much you're around that person Hmm. or even dropping kids off at your exes and they're always super negative. Maybe you can figure out a system with somebody else in your household or your mom or your sister where you can limit your exposure to that particular person. But a lot of times what we look at these scenarios through, we look through a lens that is, oh, I could never say anything to that person, or I could never stop seeing my mom altogether. Or we think of all these things that we cannot do, and we don't look at what can we do. We think, oh, well, there's no way I can quit this job, right? or there's no way I can stop being a part of this project, or I have to take him to soccer practice, and we get stuck in the things that we feel powerless around instead of starting to brainstorm, what can I do? Where can I scale down? Where could I delegate? Where could I pass on going to dinner with this group of people that always makes me feel like shit or always makes my job really challenging because they're bringing up things that are really offensive or negative or just detrimental to how I want to live my life. Okay. Okay. So number one, start looking at limiting your exposure. What does that mean? Can you eliminate? Can you scale down? Can you delegate? Are there ways in which you can actually take control of how often you are around said negative people? Number two is to set yourself up for success. Now, there's a couple of ways in which you can do this. One thing that I talk about a lot in my work, and we dig into it at length in Deep Down and Dirty, which is my main body of work way in which I work with people, Yeah, we talk about gearing up before you are around people that tend to push your buttons, or you have a harder time speaking up for yourself, or your inner critic starts going crazy every time you're around this person. If you know that there is an impending challenge ahead of yourself, it would behoove you to gear up or to prep. So if you know that every time that you're around your best friend, you know that she's really derogatory about, let's say, body image. Maybe she's always picking herself apart or always wanting to talk about dieting or really buying into sort of the diet culture narrative that... It is really harmful for a lot of women, right? And you know every time you are around her that that's going to come up. Well, prepare for that. 
Think about, okay, here's what she's commonly saying. How would I want to respond to that? What would be a proper or healthy way for me to engage with her? What would be an open-ended question that I could ask? Mm. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. But one piece of this is if you're going to be around people who are negative, gear up, prepare. What do you want to focus on? For instance, if you know that you're going to, let's say, be around family and you you have a family event, maybe you want to play dysfunctional family bingo. That's something <laughs> that I have played before in the past where I essentially set myself up for success by instituting a game around the people that I have to be in company Phrases with. they say or things they do or topics that come up, that kind of thing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so this can, be, this can be really advantageous for situations where it, it's it, you really kind of only grin and bear it. It, it kind of disarms it too. It decharges it. Well, it takes what we normally register as negative feedback. Yeah. And we switch it into something that's for our personal game. <laughs> personal game. So, for example, you can do this around workplace stuff. You can do it around family stuff. But you would basically put to yourself together a bingo card of the common things that you expect to have happen around those individuals. So if it is family members, maybe it's every time my brother asks for money, every time my mom makes a rude <laughs> comment about another ethnicity, every time something political comes up where it gets contentious, every time somebody's you know says some great. sort of guilt trip about, oh, well, you left the house too early and left me, you know, something victimy. But where you put together this sort of bingo sheet of, of things that you you know you're going to kind of contend with, but now instead of you tallying it as evidence of like, see, look how shitty my situation is, look how awful that person is, you're cloaking it in an energy of excitement and play and like, oh my God, I got a bingo square. So the point That's with fun. that sort of game is the energy that you have around it has to be positive and fun and playful. I have also seen people do things where... I had a client once who her ex would they they both still ran marathons and would do different races and her ex would always call her and want to give her shit about her time or about how she just just kind of digging in that she just wasn't quite as good of an athlete as he was. Mm-hmm. And so she decided every time he made a comment like that she was going to give herself 20 bucks. <laughs> so she would pick up the phone after the after the race excited. Like, like, oh, like say it, it, motherfucker, say it, say it, say it. And then she, when he would say it, instead of buying into it or getting pissed off, she'd be like, fuck yes, sweet. There's 20 bucks. There's 20 bucks. There's, and now it becomes a reward for her. So I cannot underline this enough that this has to be Hmm. something that makes you giddy and excited and gives you an element of play. If it is just making you more negative, this is not the tool for you. And you absolutely have to listen to that disclaimer, you guys. Because the point is not to start to see, see, he always says that, or see, she always does that, or see, it has to be one of like, oh oh my gosh, I got a square, or oh, I'm giving myself 20 bucks, right? (laughs) So that is one way that you can prepare or gear up. Another way is just to highlight how you want to behave what you want to say to them. Hmm. If they say this, here's what I want to say in response, or here's what's most important for me to stay focused on. Another way to set yourself up for success is to call in your allies. 
to, if you know, for example, that you are going to have to, let's say, go on a family camping trip over the weekend, book a session with your coach or your therapist as soon as you get back or right before you go mm-hmm. to get help you gear up or schedule a a day, a lady date with your best friend so that you know you can air it out and process it a little bit. Call in your allies. If you know that you're going to have a decent amount of time around negative people, make sure that that is eclipsed by new time with positive people. Sure. That's on your calendar. You can also look at this as like setting up aftercare. If you know Mm. that you're going to have sort of a rough go, set up your aftercare. What does that look like? Do you need a whole day of decompressing? Do you need to call out sick? Do you need to be around certain other people? Do you need yoga? What are the things that you need to do so that you don't carry that negativity back with you? You look like you're going to laugh at me. I'm drinking it in. Oh, cool. Just taking it in. No, I'm not going to laugh at you. I love your process, baby. Another piece of this setting yourself up for success is, is attaching yourself to a positive mantra. And... That would be more so something like, I am capable of controlling my emotions, or I don't have to have a conversation about anything that's uncomfortable for me, mm. or you can stand in your power, or you have the capacity to remain calm. And we have or plenty of podcasts. On whatever. That, yeah. Exactly. Develop something that you want to attach to in your mind, like I'm allowed to speak up for myself, or self-love is not selfish, whatever. I don't care. Just something that makes you feel positive about going in. Okay. Okay. So number one, you're going to limit your exposure. Can I scale down with these people? Number two, you're going to gear up and set yourself up for success, whether that's allies, aftercare, positive mantra, whatever that looks like. Number three, create a system to process emotions, specifically like anger, in a healthy way. Hmm. Okay. This has a very easy emotion hack by doing something physical, especially if you know that you're going to be around family that pisses you off, or you have a work function that always leaves you frustrated and angry, book something after that that allows you to process that emotion. Now, it could be a session with somebody, but you could also just know, I know I'm going to really need to do a workout after that, or I'm going to go pick up a dance class or do yoga or do Zumba, or I'm going to go to a salsa club the night after to like expel that energy. Or maybe it's calling your best friend. My best friend and I do this all the time when we need to like really vent. And in the coaching modality we were trained under, it's called clearing, where you just are essentially clearing out the negative emotion. So we'll say like, okay, I need to just quickly tell you all of the things I'm pissed at, and then I'm going to move on. And it's that element of like, let me just expel this shit so it's not blocking you. And then you can move on. So the difference between that and becoming a chronic complainer is the consistency. It's it's putting the container around that expulsion of energy. It's going, okay, let me just vent, and then we will move on. Then we will become proactive. Then I'll be more concerned about surrounding myself with positive people. Create a system to process emotions. Now, that could be if you're going to be around a situation, let's say, a work environment where you feel like maybe there is some negativity around women's roles in executive leadership or something like that, where there's a lot of patriarchal stuff that comes up. Maybe you want to come home and journal like crazy about that. Maybe you want to talk to other people who are involved in uh, feminist, feminist activism. And that helps generate more of a freedom or an ability to process that emotion. 
But figure out what that looks like for you. So most people, physicality can be really helpful. Going for a hike, dancing, even masturbating, doing something that's a physical change. If you can go on a roller coaster, anything that's jarring your physicality tends to help with an emotional current. But it can also be, like I said, scribbling, painting, singing, music, going in your car and just screaming like crazy, (laughs) beating the shit out of your bed, having like a good old-fashioned tantrum in the (laughs) privacy of your locked bedroom. (laughs) I love the – I've never heard masturbating referred to as jarring your physicality. (laughs) Well, (laughs) but it also – it changes – I'm going to go jar my physicality. It changes your your physical – Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your mindset. It changes your emotional current a lot of times, which can be really helpful. So I realized this one time when I was in a really funky situation. I was was kind of pissed and just feeling – negative and kind of Debbie Downer. And then you and I coincidentally were going to a fair and we went to the Orange County Street Fair and I ended up going on a roller coaster. And as soon as I got off of it, I felt so much better. I felt totally different. But it was also because I changed my physical geography and just like shook the shit out of myself. (laughs) It's the same reason why a workout helps you. Same reason why masturbation may help you. It really depends on what is a helpful way for you to expel negative energy. So again, like I said, figure out what that looks like for you. Number one, limit your exposure. Number two, set yourself up for success. Number three, create a system to process your emotion. Number four, when you are around them, ask positive questions. One of the things that I used to do when I worked in an environment that was not overtly positive all the time is I would ask everybody, what are you thankful for today? And I Hmm, started off conversations that were positive. And most of the time, not always, but most of the time people were really like, you know what I'm thankful for? This. And they appreciated the opportunity to focus on something positive. Now, there were people who were negative and I kind of had to release with love and just, okay, moving on. But you can also do things that are questions towards that person that are also positive. Like, hey, how's it going with your your nephew's new work endeavor? Or uh, do you have any recent pictures of your sweet little niece or daughter? Or how's her soccer team doing this year? Or mm-hmm. something that you know they tend to be more positive about. If they're always negative about, let's say, weight, or they're always negative about their job, Don't Don't ask them questions about about that. Start asking them things about things they tend to be more positive about. And that's just sort of a basic, if I have to converse with you, let's talk about something positive. And you can even say that. You can say like, listen, I know we have a shit ton of negativity around us. Let's talk about what we're thankful about or what we're grateful for. Mm -hmm. Something like that where most people can get on board and go like, you're right. You're right. Okay. Yeah. All right. So asking positive questions. Number five, you can go the call out route, actually hmm. calling out oh, yeah. their negativity. Now, this really depends on how close you are with that person, how much you care about them starting to adopt more positive viewpoints, and just how much effort you want to employ altogether. Now, Mm -hmm. if this is your partner, if this is your best friend, if this is a business alliance that you work with quite closely, then you're probably going to need to say something. 
If it's just a coworker or somebody that you're not that close with, it you might have a little bit more of a distance in how you approach a call out. So the intimacy or how vulnerable you get with this person might might vary depending on how close you are. So here's a couple of things that you could do. You could say very haphazardly, and I did this one time, like where I was in a work environment where everyone was complaining. And so I kind of said, okay, how about you guys? How about we do a no complaint challenge? Anytime we catch ourselves complaining about something, we have to come up with a solution. And if we can't come up with a solution, we just shut the fuck up. I like that. Because otherwise, you're just being a victim. You're just talking about stuff you can't control. Yeah. So let's talk about what we want to do going forward. Like, what's our plan of action? So you could do something like that if you were in a situation where you could talk about the climate. Like, hey, it's easy for us to all, or in our culture, we tend to all talk about this. What if we switched to this? So you're not pigeonholing one person. Like, you're a fucking Debbie Downer. And you you know what I mean? Like if you can talk to kind of a group at large, that might be something that you want to say. Now, one of my favorite approaches is to start with a joke that leads into a serious conversation. Yes. Say something like, well, tell me about everything else that's shitty in your life. (laughs) Something like that where it starts off as a joke or passive aggressive. And the only time you can use this is if you then segue into something serious. You do not get to just be a passive-aggressive asshole because then you are just being... A passive-aggressive asshole. You're being a passive-aggressive asshole, but you're also being a victim. (laughs) Yeah, victim yourself. Yeah. So if you start with that, then you have to say something like, seriously though, man, it seems as though I hear a lot about all the stuff you can't do or about everything that is not possible for you at work. I would love to hear you talk about opportunity or about, mm-hmm. you know, some of the amazing things that are happening sure. in your world. One of the ones that I do is is more of a shift where if they're speaking negatively, I say, well, you could focus on that. But what I like to focus on is blah, blah, blah. And I take it to, to me for a minute. Yes. And I'm like, I, I don't preach to them. I just say, well, that's that's definitely a perspective. I like to use the perspective of blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, you kind of shift it. I don't know if that's probably one of your numbers. That happens to be the exact next thing. Look at that. Look at that, babe. The next thing I wrote was share from your experience. Oh. And that that is exactly what I'm talking about. So instead of saying to somebody, you should, Mm -hmm. you need to be, (laughs) you should be more positive. You need to be more positive. What you can do is share from your experience. So to say something like, you know, I used to get really frustrated with a specific coworker myself. And here's what I started doing. And it has helped me tremendously Mm -hmm. where you're sharing anecdotally from here's how I've started to have a lot more peace, a lot less stress, a lot less overwhelm, where you can talk about what they likely want to let go of. It's likely that they want to let go of being mad, stressed, overwhelmed, anxiety ridden. Stuck in the circle. So you can say, here's what's helped me with. I was really overwhelmed by a lot of stuff happening in my family. And here's here's what I started doing is I started just really limiting how much I was around them or I started focusing on their really positive traits and then things started really changing for me. So, And then you will get also the people who are attached to their victimhood and they'll say, well, see, that wouldn't work for me because my mom does this or my sister does. And they want to explain away right. your anecdotes and your stories of success. And then you can still say like, Again, man, I'm hearing all the things that you're powerless about. (laughs) Talk to me about what you can do. 
what can you do? Like, yeah. if you really wanted to stop complaining about this, what's within your power? Right. And so that, again, those sorts of commentary, that type of commentary really depends on how close you are with that person, how sure. comfortable you feel. If it's just sort of around the water cooler type of talk, it might be a little lighter. If it's somebody who you're really close with, it might be more of that, like a legitimate call out. Like, I see so much passion in you and so much that you can accomplish in your career. And it's almost like the blame that you have for your workplace enables you, you know, it's a crutch for you to not go forward. And I just want to see you succeed. So that might be something that you have if it's a really close person in your life, right? That's how the the conversation might ensue. So again, the call out, you can do a no complaint challenge, you can start with a joke, and then move into seriously, though, but on a serious note, I always hear you talk about all the shit that's happening. Tell me what's good. Right. Tell me what's awesome. All right. So Sharing from your experience, like we talked about, things that you've learned and here, this might be helpful. Did you have something you wanted to add? I was just saying, then you can truly harness the power of the joy junkie. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. All right. Number six. Number six is sort of if all else fails, that you might have to establish some boundaries. There might have to be something that you say to that person around the topic that is usually really negative with them. So I'll give you an, an example. One time I was very, very close friends with somebody who was constantly negative about her own body and about body image in general. So it was always around a negative, I'm so fat, or you know, pinching her thighs to show me her cellulite, which was so non-existent, picking apart wrinkles in the mirror, always talking about fatness and weight and, th- you know, and and I was like, I can't participate in that sort of a conversation. I can't be an ally in that because I don't believe in that. And it's also not what I want around my own psyche. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to permeate my mind with that sort of a commentary. Absolutely. Yeah. So I told her and I said, hey, listen, like, I love you so much. And I also know that you're in an industry because she worked in the entertainment industry where that's there is a a bright spotlight on image and all of that. And I get it. All I'm saying is I can't be the one to have those those conversations with you. If you want to do that with other friends of yours, knock yourself out. But my request is that we're positive about our bodies, that we talk about health, that we talk about self-love, that we talk about the things that we're grateful for our bodies for. And I'm not saying that there aren't times that we're frustrated, but I can't hear a constant derogatory narrative about our bodies, period. And there was tears and conversation, you know, and it was, you know, it was a great conversation, but that's what I'm talking about, that it might come down to a boundary. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. if you're always going to talk about your negative experience with your ex and be all pissed off about that, you're going to have to turn to somebody else for that. (laughs) Yeah. It might be somebody in your workplace who's, you know, always complaining. It might be a boss. It might be any number of people. But you have to start looking at what have I said in order to rectify the situation, which I feel like I've given you some great solutions here. You can go through the call out. You can ask them positive questions. 
you can limit your exposure to them. And then you may actually have to establish a boundary about what you will or won't tolerate. And I will include in the show notes, I'm going to include a link to the boundaries pod, one of the infamous boundaries Mm, pods mm -hmm. around what that might actually sound like. And I also did a pod around when somebody you love is always a victim. And it's essentially when you are around somebody, this was written by a listener wrote to the show and said, my mom is always a victim. It's always what was me, or of course that would happen to me, or negative, negative, complain, complain. And I talked specifically about various types of approaches with that person. So have a peruse through the show notes and look for those other pods if you want more information on that. All right, so let's recap real quick. Number one, limit your exposure. Number two, Set yourself up for success if you're going to be around them. Number three, create a system to process your emotions. Number four, ask positive questions. Try to skew the conversation to positive topics. Number five, call them out in some way based off of some of the approaches we mentioned. Number six, establish a boundary if it comes to that. And number seven, have compassion for them. Mm. This comes from a couple of places. One, as Mr. Smith likes to tell me, you've been woke for two minutes, so calm your ass down. <laughs> Whenever, Hashtag woke for two minutes. Woke for two minutes. So if I get elitist about like, I can't believe those people think that way or uh, they're so this or, you know, and he'll just tell me like, very gently, <laughs> honey, you've been woke for two minutes. So have some compassion for how you used to be, Mm. for the limiting beliefs you used to have, for the coping mechanisms you used to employ. I'm guessing, all of you out there, that there was a time when you were the complainer, when you were the victim, when that's the only skill set you knew to get people to give a shit about you was to complain or be a victim or to be negative or to get attention in that way. Yep. And also, please know that their perspective or their negativity is actually not about you, my friend. It's about them. It's about where they are in their journey. So even if that comes off as criticism towards you or saying offensive things towards you or even being straight up mean or ill-intended, that speaks volumes about where they are in their journey. That doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. That doesn't mean that you aren't going to feel the effects of it. But it does mean that it sure as hell does not have to equate anything about your self-worth. Amen. It does not mean that you are a shitty person just because somebody has a shitty comment about you. Mm-hmm. And this is something that we go into at length in Deep Down and Dirty is untangling the collapse of if people don't love me, then I must not be lovable. Mm. Or if I don't accomplish these things or receive these honors and accolades, then I must not be enough. I must not be valuable. And one of the things that we talk a lot about on the pod are a lot of the surface issues, right? Like a lot of sort of almost band-aid type things. But the deal is if you don't get to the root of your core beliefs that is essentially the fuel that is driving your car. So we can like do a new paint job on the car. We can do new windshield wipers. We can <laughs> tint the windows. But if we're still powering that car with a fuel of negativity or not enoughness, not valuable, not lovable, then it's going to be a bumpy fucking ride no matter how much you try to repaint the exterior. That's right. That's why I need you guys to understand that if you are not waking up every day going, I fucking love who I am, I love this life, I truly believe that I am enough, then we have a belief issue. 
we have a disempowering belief. That is the core issue. That's the fuel that we need to alternate, that we need to switch out. And that is exactly what Deep Down and Dirty is all about. So if you are interested in that at all, go to thejoyjunkie.com slash DDD and you can be the first to hear about it when it gets rolled out in its new iteration. It's completely revamped, radically transformative. And yeah, so get your ass on that list and more details to come on that. Okay, so let's do one final little recap. Seven ways to stay positive around negative people. Number one, scale down. Limit your exposure to negative people. Number two, set yourself up for success by preparing to be around them. Number three, create a system to process your emotions in a healthy way. That doesn't mean I'm going to go home and drink a bottle of wine. I'm talking about how can I process (laughs) that is masking. That's called numbing out. How can we process them in a healthy way? Number four, ask positive questions when you are around them. Try to skew the conversation around positive topics in general. Number five, call them out depending on how you feel about your relationship with them. Look at what you can do. Is it somebody you can have sort of a come to Jesus with? Is it something that you might want to joke about and then lead into more of a serious conversation? Use your voice, my friends. Number six, establish boundaries. If all else fails and you have to really put a limit on this or cap this negativity, you may have to establish a boundary. And number seven, have compassion. You were there once too. You had a shitty set of tools in your toolbox as well at one point. (laughs) They do too. So be compassionate. It's not about you. It's actually about them. And that's all I have for you. Any other thoughts you wanted to throw into the mix? Oh, just something I thought of. I heard a comedian. He was, but one of the things he was talking about is he said, "Yeah, you know, my, I have this really loud noise coming from the engine in my car, so it's going to cost me like five hundred dollars to get louder speakers." <laughs> right? You're just covering up the problem. Oh, I love that. <laughs> right? So g- get to the root of the problem, fix the engine. Right? Oh my gosh, babe. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. And that's... not mine, but... It, but let's go ahead and let's, claim yeah, it. Let's, no, let's no, it no, that's out of integrity. <laughs> but I'm with you because so many people... We don't like the idea that it's the engine. Yeah. It's so much sexier to buy the speakers. That's right. So I get people all the time who are like, just tell me what to say to my husband to make this all better. Just tell me what to do to find the perfect career. Right. Just tell me what to do to lose all this weight to have more sex, to have more fun in my life. And I'm like, how do you feel about yourself? And it's like, wait, what? Get down to it. You have to get down to the belief of I deserve happiness. I deserve love. I am enough as is. Once you start doing the work, it actually becomes fun. It does. At first it's not. It's painful. You know, it's painful to dig through that shit. Yeah. But once you get through it, it's kind of fun to disempower those old beliefs and move yourself in a different direction. It is. The awareness around all of it is what is so Mm -hmm. fucking powerful. It's like when shit goes bad or goes wrong in your life, instead of going, I'm a fuck up, I must be unworthy, you go, this is a shitty situation. I see what's happening and I have the tools to navigate this without feeling like the biggest piece of shit ever. Man, yes, ma'am. If you really want to, for good, change this entire relationship internally, Think about Deep Down and Dirty. It really is a complete transformation within a few months' time. So again, thejoyjunkie.com slash DDD for all 
info. Something jar your physicality. That's right. Jar your physicality. <laughs> Speaking of that. No, just kidding. All right, guys. We will see you around these parts next week. Here's to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Mrs. Smith out. Mm.